0: Amen. Um, I want to speak to you this morning on a message um, that I've titled, Becoming the Hero in You. Come on, say it. Becoming the Hero in You. Okay, take your finger. Lift it up here. And then point it at you. And just tell yourself, you're going be beca- to become the hero inside of you. You know, some of you don't believe it. They say, well, why are you making us do this, Pastor. Come on, go on to the Word. No, I'm kidding. Those are the people that are not here. Like, you guys are not thinking that way. But you know, sometimes in life, it's hard to... to sometimes, depending on where you are in life, it's hard to believe that there is greatness inside of each one of us. And, um, and I want to read uh, from um, Judges chapter 6. I'm going to read a story of a guy called Gideon. Now, before I get to the Bible and, and read from the passage... I want to just kind of read a line from Hebrews chapter 11, which is not over there. I just This is where Gideon gets mentioned among other heroes in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, it's, a, it's a, but this chapter of faith, and it kind of gives a tribute of all these people throughout history of the Bible. And it gives more of a, a chronological order from the time of Abraham and how different ones live by faith, you know, and how different ones, There are people who who conquered mountains by faith. They did great things by faith, and others even suffered because of their faith and whatnot. And and a few people are mentioned in that book, and, and Gideon is one of them and uh, in verse 30 of chapter 11 it says by faith uh, the walls of Jericho fell down after they encircled it for seven days by faith the of Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies uh, with peace and when more and what more shall I say for time uh, for the time will fail me to tell all, all of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah so you, you hear Gideon is a guy that left an imprint to be remembered at such a time when you think about Gideon, you think about a guy that's a mighty warrior. A guy that actually conquered their enemies of Israel and got them to a place of stability after they had been through a really rocky season of life. He's a guy that actually fought the enemy's army with 300 men. Uh, uh, and, and, they, and they were completely outnumbered and they were able to, to, to bring down their enemies. I know they gave God glory because sometimes, how many know, that sometimes God puts you in a situation where... You have no one else to give credit but God. And it was one of those. So we remember Gideon for those, some of the great things he did. He was a judge of Israel. He was, um, and, and, and he served uh, his country well. And he was uh, a man of wisdom and all that. But it wasn't always the case. He didn't always think of himself as a guy that was a warrior inside. So go with me to uh, Judges chapter 6. And and this is the first encounter where Gideon had to actually come face to face with the call of God in his life. Now you may think he had a call. Guess what? Each one of us sitting here today have a specific call of God in our lives. You weren't born in this time. You don't live in this season for nothing. God has put us here for such a time as this. And he had not really yet confronted that there is a possibility that God might have, an encounter, God might have a purpose that's great in his life. So I'm going to, it's a long story. I'm going to kind of synopsis as we go. Um, let me give you a summary first, and then I'll read. I'll read, start reading from verse 11, because it's going to be a long one if I did not. So <clears throat> at this time, before we keep reading on, on chapter 6, the Israelites are going through a season where it was out of their own doing, they kind of forgot the Lord. God had uh, moved them. He's uh, progressing them as a nation into a place of promise and whatnot. But then they kind of got distracted and went their own ways. Uh, and God was kind of, okay, you want to do it on your own? Then let's just check out what life will be when you're doing it on your own. And so their enemies around them Basically, had completely dominated them. They would come and destroy their crop when, in you know, just about when things are starting to get ready, they'll come and destroy their crop, and they, they were leaving them in fear, in intimidation, in starvation, and they were barely surviving at this time. And that's the time this angel of the Lord, he says, has an encounter with Gideon. Verse 11 says, And the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah. You take the H you got Oprah. But which, it means nothing at all. Which belongs to Joash of the clan of Ab- 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 no, Abiezan. Gideon, son of Joash was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide his grain from the Midianites. You see, so this guy had already sa- sunk into a survival mode. You know, if you're going to live right now, it's like, you're gonna to have to figure out some creative ways to just survive. He's hiding at a wine press, and uh, and that's where the angel shows up. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "Mighty hero, the Lord is with you." I mean, the guy is hiding. He goes, "Hey, mighty hero." <laughs> Are you doing you know God's with you it's like what have you been smoking lately are you from one of those states where weed is legal or what no, I just want some of you to laugh at church you get it and I'm having a hard time getting you to laugh the Lord is with you am um, Gideon replied if the Lord is really with us why has he why has all these things happened to us and where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say that the Lord brought us out of Egypt? No, they didn't say that the Lord did bring you out of Egypt. Some of you, if you remember what your lives were like before you knew the Lord, He didn't just say He brought you out, He did bring you out. He didn't just say he preserved even when you didn't honor them. No, he kept you even when you weren't watching it, his hand was upon your life. Amen. Amen. But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites, true and not true. God had not abandoned them. But the Midianites, really, they abandoned the Lord. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. um, I am sending you. But Lord, Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? Are you kidding me? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Man, it's like God doesn't know your resume. He doesn't know your report. No, no, no. Let me just remind you, God, (laughs) you might have got the wrong guy here. Then the Lord said to him, I will be with you. That's all sometimes we need to know. Can we end church right now and just go home? Sometimes that's the only thing we need to know. The things are going on all my life. Sometimes I can't make sense of what's going on. I try to, 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 to think of it. I'm thinking, God, if God, you said, I, I've read about what you've said about me. I, I, I've read what the Bible speaks about me. I, and God says, no, no, no. I want you to know that I am with you, that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. You're in your mountaintop, I'm with you. You're in the valley, I'm with you. In the dark, du- I'm with you. And sometimes, someone today needs to know that that God is with you. Come on, say, God is with me. And you notice, there's a period after that. And you will destroy the medianess as you are fighting against one man, as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign. Provide that I would really, that, that it, is, it is really the Lord speaking to me. And don't go away until I come back and bring you an, an offering to you. Lord Jesus, we just want to pray right now for your presence. I want you to pray with me right now. Come on, just begin to lift your voices right now towards heaven. Just begin to pray and praise him right now. I do believe that God's doing something as we even feel and acknowledge his presence among us right now. You said in your word that the entrance of your word will bring life. And God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will breathe life into us, So, God, as your word comes to us. Lord, I ask right now that even as uh, the Bible says that you sent your word to heal our disease, I ask even right now for healing for people that are needing healing in their bodies, in their souls, in their minds, in their hearts. Let the entrance of your word bring life today in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, we praise you, we call on you, and we know you're here, God. We give you our praises right now in Jesus' name. Come on, help me to just praise him with a shout of praise. God is in the house right now. He's in the house. Sometimes we need to let that sink in, in our hearts that God is with us, that God is in the heart. So when we praise, he says that he's going to be there. So Gideon here is in a situation that I mean in the reality of, uh, of, uh, of where the Israelites were, he, he's hearing this, is like a foreign language. He's listening to what the angel is saying and he knows he's talking to the Lord, but he doubts himself. Do you ever get in that place? He's thinking, okay, I'm feeling some things that are kind of exciting. but like, is it, Am I really hearing God or am I playing with my own mind? And that's why, because he's hearing things and he doesn't believe these things about himself. And the, the Lord says, hey, not, God is not even looking at all the, he's not saying, oh, Gideon, you know, we need to straighten you out first. We want to make your life a little bit better here first and we'll, we'll get you ready so you can, no, God says, hey, how you doing, mighty hero? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, mighty hero. And then he goes on, hey, 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 I want you to go save Israel. Save your entire nation. I start to roll thinking, you got the wrong address, God. You got the wrong address. He says, my tribe is the least, and I'm even the least in my own family. I don't even count. Sometimes circumstances of life will cause us to doubt who we are. Circumstances will cause you to question even God. He is even questioning, is God really with us? And he goes, starts, starts complaining. And God is not intimidated with us doubting. He's not, he's not afraid of us doubting. He's not afraid of us questioning. He's not af- he says, come. God says, here's an invitation. Let us reason together. And he starts going on. But one thing I notice about Gideon is that even though he questioned, he never outright said that it's not going to happen. I want to just take, I wanted to draw just four things, because each one of us have something inside of us that God wants to unleash. God created you to do something. God created you to leave a mark on the planet, to leave a mark on your time. He says that the righteous will not be forgotten, that their names will be remembered forever. Because, and when I said remembered forever, that's spiritual. You might not be on the hall of fame of whatever that people recognize, but I tell you what, you, every one of us can live a heritage of faith in the generations that come after us. To unleash that hero inside of you, the first thing I see from Gideon's story, because Gideon did go, I started by saying Gideon did end up becoming a mighty warrior. Gideon did end up becoming a conqueror. Gideon did end up bringing Israel together from a nation that was running to a nation that was stable, and he led Israel for a while. So he did accomplish his dreams. He did accomplish the call of God in his life, but he wasn't. But when you think about where he started, you're like, how did that guy come from that? To that some of you are thinking you're thinking in your mind when I look at this situation that I know even the ones maybe people around me don't know about I don't want to dream I, that's just not going to happen for me. I want to say that's not the truth. That's a lie from the enemy. The first thing that I see is that God wanted to draw out from Gideon is this. He says he needed, God wanted Gideon to see himself the way God sees him. To get that calling, to draw it out of you, you need to start thinking of yourself, starting to see yourself the way God sees sees you. God doesn't see you as you are. he sees you as you're meant to be he doesn't see you as you are he sees you as he had intended for you to be there's a perfect you that God had in mind when he created you he said I we read that from uh, the little baby's dedication today that even before you are conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. And i had appointed something for you to do. I had decided the day that you would be born. Sometimes some people are against a lot of odds as like, hey, still standing. He says that he created us in his own image, in his own likeness. He created us to do something on earth. He says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and so Gideon is in this situation. He doesn't think that at all about himself because there is something inside of you that you've never known. You know, here's the thing I want to say, the point I want to make with that circumstances in our lives sometimes that we didn't even choose for ourselves can affect our perception of who we are and that's what I, precisely what had happened to Gideon because if you read that chapter that we just read from the beginning it says that the Israelites had done evil in the sight of the Lord and, and they kind of went away from the Lord now it didn't say Gideon did but he was just born into it. But because he was born into it and he, he cannot see outside, he cannot picture his life outside of that bubble, thought that, that of that circle, outside of that vision that was narrow about himself. He had even could not resorted. I mean, he probably had thought about this a long time because he said it so easily. Hey, by the way, Our tribe is the least in Israel. And guess what? I'm even the bottom. I'm on the bottom of my own family. Do you think that just came out right there in the situation? Absolutely not. He had thought and put all these limitations on himself. And God says, my original plan for your life has never changed. What I had intended for you, God is still dreaming for each one of us that we will be restored to the original plan and he wants to says i want you to see this like a, he's hiding on the wine press just taking care of his food and god says mighty hero come out god saw a mighty hero even when he had no idea the guy was living in fear and god says i see a mighty hero Maybe you're intimidated right now with the situations you're facing in your life. You have fear in your life. You're thinking, God God says, I'm mighty here. You're going to get through it because if God is for you, who can be against you? We sang this morning, God is fighting for us. Pushing out all the darkness. We don't just sing. We're declaring God's word over our lives as we sing. Let it get to you. Allow the Lord to speak to your life that way. God's plan for your life the original plan, he's still holding on to it, and he's still believing that it will come forth out of you. Mighty hero. God is with you. God is with you. Our vision of ourselves is fogged up by circumstances, and sometimes we are the fault. And it's so hard to forgive ourselves when we think, oh man, if I had not messed up, my life would be better." And God says, no, 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 no. When you come to Christ, that you are a new creation. That all things are passed away, all things have become new, he says. I keep knocking down my iPad, maybe God is saying something. (laughs) Second thing I see that God wanted to draw out of him. He says, Gideon... Look at verse 13. He says, Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all these things happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say that the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. You know, he allowed his life to be defined by the circumstances. So I, what I see is, he like says, don't let your, light, your present circumstance limit the size of your dream, of your vision. Don't let your present circumstance limit the size of your vision. Let us sink in a minute. Because we tend to react. Have you ever been so dreaming? Let me give a classical example, because a few people have kind of experienced this and I won't say who." Oh. You're like, this is the year I'm going to knock down the 10 pounds. Yep. This is the year I'm going to eat good. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do it. Can the people say amen? Amen. You work hard, you do good, and then you weigh yourself and you gain three pounds. (laughs) Oh, come on. Has that ever happened to you sometime? when you're so fired up to do the right thing you get knocked down on the other side and some people stay down and Gideon's vision about his life had been dictated by the circumstance that he found himself in the truth is the Israelites were actually starving They're getting beat up that there are enemies all around them. They were hiding just to barely survive. That's what what was going on in their lives at the time. But, you know, God doesn't see just now. I mean, God has a different vision. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He sees the end from the beginning. He says that even though he is looking at your life and he's seeing the end. Two weeks ago, there was a great message about that. He sees the finished work, but we are fogged up by what's going on right now that we can't see ahead. I've trained a lot of kids to ride the bike in my life. I'm now at seven, and when you're getting those kids in their bike, when you're taking the training wheels, how many have done that? And they're protective parents. Uh, you know, you have all the guards and all that. You know huge helmets, I mean like huge, three, size t- three times the size of their head. I'm like, my parents didn't even know when I learned how to ride the bike. I do not even know if they had any safety in the bike. Like, we just got on the bike and you went and I, I have marks to prove it, you know? And you figured it out. But one of the things, like when you're getting that little guy to go, you know, you're holding on, they want to look at their pedals, right? And you know when they do that, they go, You know, off this way. It's like, no, look ahead. Look ahead. Keep your eyes where you're going. Forget once you start balancing, start looking at your feet. I know you have cute feet and everything, and you like your shoes and all that. I get all that. Look where you're going, and all of a sudden they start getting straight line. How many? I've done it seven times, so I have two more to go right now. And that's what the law says to us sometimes about our lives. We're looking at what's going on right around us right now. And God says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't quit. Don't lose sight of the goal over there. Jesus reminds us with his life. He says when he went to the cross, it was a horrible time. Man, when you think about the day, when you think about the details of him walking up to Golgotha, if you think about the impact on his life, because and, and when he was being crucified, but the Bible says that But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. And so we're saying that if we put our eyes on Jesus, the author, and the finish of our faith, we need to look at that joy that he set before us because when we look at what's going on right now we'll give up real quickly we'll get intimidated we'll get wobbly we'll end up on the street we'll be knocked down by a car that wasn't supposed to knock us. he says he kept his size. He so says, getting that beating, he's thinking about us. 2,000 years ago, and 2,000 years later, some people in Lincoln, Nebraska, oh, that they maybe are going to go through some things uh, in their lives, but they're going to be reminded that God had an original plan for their life, no matter what family they came from, mistakes they've made, whatever they've done. And that vision doesn't look at all like what God says, the rosy place I said about them in the Bible. God says, no, no, no. I'm going to remind them that I took the beating so that they can have, they can have it, they can, they can be restored back to God. And so when we go in our smaller version of our lives, when we, when we are finding ourselves in that situation, God says, don't let what's going on right now dictate the size of your dream. God says your dream says this way in his mind Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. one of the favorite advices of everybody because I know the plans that I have concerning you their plans to prosper you not to harm you to give you a future and to give you a hope says the Lord Gideon is a guy that was living aimlessly without purpose. He just wanted to survive. And God says, I have a dream. I've been dreaming about you. I've had some thoughts about your life. I want you to start dreaming again. My last, my third point here is let God's word ignite you to dream again let God's word ignite you to dream again when you see his responses you realize he really did not have a dream he, wasn't, he didn't even have a vision for the Israelites living in freedom he didn't have a vision to see prosperity in his life he didn't have a vision to see things that go beyond he just had a vision to eat today man if I get food for tomorrow tomorrow Or just for right now, i go a little longer. He wasn't thinking big. And there are people in this room that have lost. They quit dreaming. He says, I've never dreamt. No, you have. I'm going to take you back to your childhood. You had an imagination. Nothing was impossible. I mean, it's amazing to me the things that kids say they want to do. And then they encounter us adults yeah, uh, Junior, you know, that's a good. Yeah, we're just going to brush it off. And slowly they ca- catch on to those things and they start defining their lives through the limitations that we've put on their lives. Because we tried it and it never worked out for us. It's coming out of a good heart we want to we want to we want to protect them from being disappointing themselves and that this world is a big place there's some people that are bigger better better than you we want to show them so that they don't get hurt but they have a dream and deep inside each one of us is a dream and god wants us to begin to dream again like many of us, like uh, Gideon doubted his own abilities. He had suffered so many defeats, so many failures that he, put God, he even put God to the test. He didn't do it one time. He did it multiple times. if hey, 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 this is really God, let, let, let me see this sign. You know, if you keep reading, it says that the angel did a really huge sign and disappeared. Once you quit dreaming, you start losing your life. You start losing your vision. You start losing your purpose. There's a spark that's inside of you that needs to be ignited by what God says about you. Here's the thing about God's Word. He doesn't impose it on us. We still have to respond to it. So the word will come. The word will come to you. But I have to decide. Am I going to let that word do something inside of me? Am I going to just brush it off? It's for somebody else. One prophet says this. Today when you hear God's word, do not harden your heart. Another prophet says this. Believe my word and you shall be established. Believe my prophets and you shall prosper. Because what do prophets do? They declare the word of God. It's the word of God that will ignite you to dream again. But you got to let it. I was reminded of this song. Some of you know it. It will tell how old you are. Some of you may not. But I want you to just close your eyes and sing this with me. Some of you know it and you can just listen to a few words.
1: Melt me, mold me, feel me, use me, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh.
0: says there's the sacrifices of God are contrite spirit a contrite heart Psalm 51 says God will not despise because sometimes our hearts are hardened not because We want to have hard hearts, But because we go through things, maybe we get hurt by people. We get disappointed. We disappoint ourselves. We fail over and over again. And we get harder and harder and harder and harder. And even at the time of your blessing, you miss it because your heart is not moldable, bendable, movable. And so we miss God. Because God says a heart that is contrite before him, he will never despise. Say, God... Give me a heart of flesh, like Jeremiah said, that I would turn your stony hearts into heart of flesh. I said, God, give me that kind of heart. That's the kind of heart that the seed of the word of God can go into and ignite something that you thought it was long gone because God works in his own timing. He says his ways are not our ways. His timing is not our timing. You are working on a different chronological order and God works on time. He's never early. He's never late. Sometimes you wait a long time, but God says his plan for your life will come through if you keep on holding and believing. And the last thing, is that you need to use your gifts. The gifts that God has given you to benefit others. Think about this. When God appeared to Gideon, he says, well, he called him mighty hero, of course, but he told Gideon, I'm going to use you. You're the guy that's going to get your nation free from the bondage that they find themselves in. You're the one that's going to set your people free, Gideon. What's interesting to me? God doesn't talk about his situation because you know, Gideon needs freedom himself. He needs purpose himself. But God ignites in him the vision for others. And even as he's serving others, guess what? In the middle of our serving others, his dreams, his vision, his purpose is being fulfilled. And this is something, even though he had lost it, there was a hope in here that you realize that he really hadn't lost it all. Even though he doubted, he really had some kind of faith inside of him. Even though sometimes he questioned and wondered and and he doubted even his credentials, he still had something in him that still believed. God talks about little faith. He talks about in the Bible about he, you know, we want great faith, right? How I many would like just great faith? Yeah. But God sometimes talks about even little faith. You know, when it's really cold these days, people are turning on their fake, I guess, their fake um, uh, fireplaces because my mom thinks it's really silly because we don't have those fake fireplaces in Kenya. He's like, get a fireplace? It's like, you gotta get wood in there. I said, man, they made it look so real. But, you know, there's always that little flame out there. Little flame right there, you know. You know it's working. And when you need it, you can spark it up and get it. The flame's going. Now, that's easy fire. I like that, though. (laughs) And then, he had that little, it's that little faith in there. Because he hears this guy that just rocked his world. I mean, I, know, I don't know how long he had kept that thought pattern in his mind about how unqualified, how horrible his life is be. He had had a bleak situ- a situation that was so horrible about himself. He had no self-esteem at all. And he had no hope for the future. He had no hope for greatness. And this guy comes in and just rocks his wall. He knocks him down. Says, he says, Stop. You must be dreaming. He says, Exactly. I want you to start dreaming. But you know, the glimpse of hope is that he says, Wait, 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 wait. Before you leave, I got something to do here. Don't leave until I bring you an offering. See, he had some little faith. He believed that there was something. Even though he doubted, he still believed. And that's what sometimes we find ourselves in. We still believe, but we question. The winds are blowing. Things are like, man, it's getting crazy, dizzy around here. But I still believe. And that's when Jesus says, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, he says, you can tell, speak to this mountain in your life and say, you be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done. Because he says something. Don't underestimate the power of little faith. And the offering is not for himself. The offering is to somebody else. He gives out. You give out. Each one of us has been given something. Money, time, talents, gift. Start using what you already have. You know, God speaks to him and says, You go, not with the strength that I will give you. No, go with the strength you have now. Go with the little strength you have now. Go with the little faith you have now. Don't wait. Start giving out. Start serving. Start putting time. Be intentional about using what you have to be a blessing to others. And in the middle of doing that, God will take care of your business. We have all these superhero movies, aren't they, do we? But all the, most of the superheroes, we just say, most of the superheroes are helping people. I remember, and I'm closing with this silly story. How I many, like, movie, $5 Tuesday movies? When you have nine kids, you really appreciate $5 movie Tuesdays, and that's when I sneak in and get the kids in there. And so, and there's always that age you're debating, do I take this one, or do I not? And so I take Noel, and for this huge movie. What was that? The action hero one that they love. The Incredibles 2. And I debated, do I take her, do I not? Because you know how, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes she goes like, okay, I know I'm going to, the whole time, I'm going to be doing it full time. She was like, two. I didn't even know that she paid attention. And after that, it's like, incredible, stew is the most incredible thing since Jesus rose from the grave. <laughs> but the coolest thing about this thing is that she thinks that her daddy is so strong, he could be Mr. Incredible. <laughs> I was like, you're not wrong, baby. You got it. <laughs> the thing about all these movies and stuff, the the action heroes, the heroes, they're usually meant to, to help other people. And when God says mighty hero, he's saying, you know, you're called to change to impact people's lives. Every one of us. That have accepted Jesus as our Lord have the seed of eternal life inside of each one of us. And God is putting us throughout our lives. Sometimes, even your, your physical circumstances might not be all that great, and nobody might say, Man, look at this guy, he's awesome. But you have awesomeness living inside of you. You have eternal value that you could give to people that will live forever and ever and ever again because you talk to them and say, Jesus loves you. Yes. Mighty hero. God is with you. Would you stand with me? How many believe? How many are dreaming this morning? This is the hardest crowd ever. How many are be- believing again this morning? Yes. He is able. Father, we just want to thank you right now. Take every- Just uh, take a moment and just begin to worship at you see right there. I don't know where you play in. I don't know what dreams
1: you might be having or needing to ignite inside of you.